Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. Today on the show, I talk about a philosophy that I've had for a long time called always cheat on the test. So I've got two quick stories on this that I'm going to dive into today, and then I'll tell you some principles how to apply this to your mortgage business. So the first is when I originally thought about this, my daughter came home from school. She had a test that she hadn't done that great on. It was like so-so, and she was talking to me about it, and I said, well, honey, how come you didn't cheat on the test? You know, why didn't you look at your neighbor who had done better on it? She's like, daddy, you can't do that. You can't cheat on the test. I'm like, I know, honey, I was just messing with you. But here's the thing I want you to know. I said, it's totally fine. You know, your mark was okay on the test and not as good as you wanted. But when you become a grown up and you're finished school, you can absolutely cheat on the test. And what I mean by that is that when somebody knows how to do something, go learn it from them, copy people. You know, Benjamin Franklin used to say to be a master, copy masters. Because the education system is geared towards making you, the individual, have to know all the answers. But in the real world, you don't have to have all the answers. You just need to know who has the answer that I need. And one of the things I've argued for a long time, or I believe that the core of me, is that there is no problem in your mortgage business today that somebody else hasn't already solved. I want to say that one more time because it's that important. Like literally just pause, go on the treadmill, stop. There is no problem that you're facing in your mortgage business that somebody else has not already solved. Your challenge is like, who has the answer? Who's figured this out for me? Or you can spend all kinds of time trying to solve the problem yourself or find someone else that's already done it. And so when it comes to work, I'll be honest, I'm very naturally, when I have a problem at work, I'm always like, okay, who can help me solve it? I'm very creative thinking. But for some reason, when it's at home, you know, the household stuff, I just literally like my brain shuts off. And I'm working on this. I'm getting some coaching to help me be more integrated and not just be, hey, work, Scott but also be, you know, the guy who's a good husband, good father. And so recently we got a second dog. And so we have a one little Labradoodle. She's amazing. She's like five years old. She's, you know, perfect dog, really well behaved, no issues for some crazy reason. We thought, well, let's get another one. So the breeder emailed us. So we got a second one and she's seven months old. She was with someone else who came back. So that should have been first flag. There's probably some behavior issues here, but whatever. So we get her. She's a sweet little dog named Pickles, but she's very nervous. She's starting to get better, but every time, she would be going around the house and she'd hear any kind of noise. She would bark. But then that what that would do is my current dog, Lexi, would then bark on top of it. So he'd be like, woof. And then the other dog, woof. And then next thing I was like, D -d -d and they just start escalating. Like, what did you hear? What did you hear? I can imagine. What did you hear? What did you hear? And then they're just going up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, these dogs are making me crazy. I'm literally going to go rent an office or buy an office just to get out of the house away from the dogs. And so we were sitting outside my wife and I one evening and there was somebody who goes by on a skateboard. And, of course, the dogs go bonkers. And I'm just like, I'm yelling at them like, shut up. And then I'm like, okay, forget this. I'm like, who knows how to solve this? So I look up, you know, the guy Caesar, the dog whisperer guy. And so I look up dog barking. I watch a 12-minute video and literally it changed my whole way I handle the dogs. And it's completely worked. It's the craziest thing. So what he says is that when the dog is barking, it's because it's scared. And so two things that we tend to do, we yell at it. So then the dog thinks, awesome, we're all barking together, right? So it's like, hey, you're going to bark. I'm going to bark. We're going to just do this together, right? So you're understanding how the dog thinks. And then the second thing is, is that comforting the dog is also bad. You know, pet him. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. The dog's like, awesome. I bark. You comfort me. And so this woman that he was trying to train on how to get the dog to stop barking, he had to actually do this. And so instead what you do is you don't yell at the dog. You'd be very firm, but you just go, shh, and you snap your fingers at the dog. You're like, shh, and snap. So hopefully that doesn't sound too loud in your ears when I'm doing this. But I wanted to just explain and make a point. We switched to this and I could not believe how fast it was. Literally the dog would look at me like it was in the middle of barking. You just look at me like, what? And then if it continues, you just touch it. You don't hit the dog or anything. You just touch it. It's like, hey, I see you. I got this. And the dog's like, okay. And I could not believe how well it worked. It literally was like, wow, unbelievable. 
how well that, that worked. So what has that got to do with mortgages? So a couple of things I want to talk about, three sort of takeaways on this whole idea of cheating on the test or finding somebody who knows how to do something that you don't know how to do if you have a problem. First is that when you have a challenge in your mortgage business in life, always ask who, not how. So who already knows how to do this? We always tend to have this habit that we're like, well, how do I do it? How do I get my dog to start barking? Do I yell at them? Do I, you know, I don't know, say beat them, but like what things do you would naturally do? It's actually counterintuitive, right? You think that yelling at the dog is going to get to stop. It doesn't work. So first is ask who, not how. And so recently, one of our coaches, Dustin, who's an amazing guy, he's got a great business and he was wanting to hire business development people. So he was like, hey, look, I got a great business. I got a good team. I don't have time to do the business development. So what he wants is somebody to go out, build relationships with realtors, shake hands, kiss babies. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that's a great concept. We've heard of it lots in the mortgage space, but very few people are doing it well. So I know of a guy, a past client of mine named Jeff, who has been doing this for the last six years for a, a mortgage company in Boise, Idaho, does it for five mortgage brokers and helps them bring in like hundreds more mortgages a year because of this business development. So I have a conversation with him, figure out a framework, and then I'm able to then share that with Dustin and be like, hey, Dustin, here's how you can set up a BDM role that actually makes sense. So again, if my challenge is, you know, how do I hire a BDM and what do I get them to do? It's like, well, I don't know the answers to that if I haven't done it, but who has, and is there somebody that I can get get some support from or figure this out from or get coaching from if I need to go deeper if it's something simple you know like I didn't need to hire a coach to figure out how to get my dog to stop barking but if it's something more complex or takes more time then of course having a coach is fantastic so the first thing is ask who not how just like I did with the dog a second thing is understand what they're thinking so getting inside the other person's mind so you know I didn't know I didn't understand that me yelling at the dogs like shut up barking was actually them going awesome we're a pack we're all gonna bark together and so I was just reinforcing the behavior that I wanted to end. And I was like, it was so weird, right? I was like, I thought I was doing the thing that was going to help, but it was not. And so you really need to understand the other person's perspective. So this brings me back to time. Remember, so Dion, who's one of our coaches in 10 Loans a Month Academy, coaches on a using seminars or now webinars to show people how investing in real estate can help them build wealth for the long term. If you've been in the business for a long time, you understand this. There's nothing like you're like, oh, okay, I don't get that. But the way that he packaged it, the way that the presentation was done, he first came in as a coaching client because he wanted to learn about converting realtors. And when I found out how his business model worked, I'm like, dude, this is amazing. And so he's been a coach now for the last couple of years. And so I brought him out to my city. I had him present in front of my realtors. And at the end of these realtors with like 20 plus years experience, they're like, wow, it's so obvious now that you explain it this way. I get it. And so they're both of them were like, hey, we both have to buy more real estate. I want to do more of this. And also, you know, help my clients do more invest in real estate. So it's not something you didn't already know. It's not like I didn't understand that, you know, we want to have a dog that behaves well, but I didn't understand how the dog was thinking. So then I couldn't come up with a solution. And just like with Dion with his presentation, he understands how first time investors or people who haven't invested before all the objections and challenges they have. And he has a way to explain it to them that makes them go, oh, I get it. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. I definitely want to do this if I can which is why he's so busy. So I think like last year did 90 million. He's done 80 million in six months this year. And it's crazy growth and volume. And it's all on helping people buy investment properties, you know, refi a private property to purchase another property or two or three. So these are small investors for the most part. These aren't people who are buying 10 properties, but they're buying a couple properties. And that's kind of his niche. And so again, he did this presentation to me and some top realtors who have been 20 plus years. And all of us were like, wow, I can't believe how obvious that was once we understood how to look at this from the other person's perspective. So that's the second thing. First is ask who, not how. Second is understand what they're thinking. And then third, not everything is intuitive. So just like yelling at the dog was not going to be effective and was never going to work. 
some things are not intuitive. And this is why you go back to the first point, ask who, not how, because sometimes what we think will work won't actually work. So if you've ever done any golfing before, and the counterintuitive thing about golfing is, is that especially with irons, if you want the ball to go up, you hit down on it. But most new golfers will try to hit up on the ball and they end up sculling it. It skips across the ground, goes into the water. And so it's counterintuitive, right? And so it's not what you expect. You'd think from first blush, okay, all I got to do is you know hit the ball up like I do with the tennis racket and it'll go into the air, but it's actually the opposite. And it's the same thing when it comes to coaching your dogs and same thing with your mortgage business. There's all these things that are counterintuitive. And so one of the things that I think is counterintuitive for people, especially when they first get into the mortgage business, is that it is more important and it's more about sales than underwriting. You may be like, Scott, but you got to know how to underwrite mortgages. And yes, yes, you absolutely you need to understand underwriting, you understand policy, and you can make a niche. There's people out there that are so good at policy, but those people are few and far between. You do need to understand it. But of the two skills, if there's one skill that rules them all, it is sales and marketing beats underwriting. Because if you're good at sales, you can hire underwriters and people all day long. Lots of people will come work for you if you can get the phone to ring, if you can get clients. And the challenge, of course, is the sale. So most people think when they come into the mortgage business, I got to understand all of the policies and the different options. Yeah, you need to start to learn that stuff. But of the two skills, the one that is going to determine your success long term is sales, because you can be the best underwriter in the world. But if you can't sell, nobody's going to work with you. Right. And then you'll end up having to go work for someone else, which is not a bad thing, you know, but you'll have to go work for someone else for them to go bring you business. And then you work on it. And so the money is in sales. And I think developing that sales goal. So it's counterintuitive for most people. When you've been in there for a while, you know this. Like you talk to anybody who's been doing this a long time, like, yeah, of course it is. But in particular, new people don't understand how much it's not a 50-50 weighting of sales to underwriting. It's probably more like 80-20. You know, like Jim Trelucas, who does 800 mortgages a year, he says 80% of it is sales and 20%. And he's very good at underwriting. Like he knows his policies like better than most people. And yet he would tell you it's still 80% sales. Okay, quick recap. First, ask who, not how. So important when you have a problem, a challenge, you know, that whole thing, there's no problem you're facing. Someone else hasn't already solved. Ask who, not how, whether it's a mortgage problem, whether it's a misbehaving dog. Second thing is not everything is intuitive. So you understand that what you're thinking may work is probably not going to work. And then the third point is understand what they're thinking. You got to get inside the other person's mind. So I got to get in my dog's head to understand how I'm going to actually change this behavior. I've got to get ahead of my potential first-time investor for them to understand it so that I can eliminate objections and build trust and rapport. And so it's the same kind of thing. So hopefully that's helpful for you guys. And if you have a dog, check out Caesar. He's amazing. Obviously the barking thing was like, I could not believe my wife and I just looked at each other like, really, that's it. Like it was that easy to fix. And we would never have done it without that little bit of coaching. So if you're interested in finding over 10 loans a month academy, go to 10 loans a month.com. We open that up from time to time. You can get on our wait list. There's just a video of me chatting saying, Hey, this is what we do. If you're interested, you won't have to sign up for anything, but we'll send you when we do the next info session. So we do info sessions before we ever open up any spots and we'll let you know what we have for spots, who we have for coaches, what their superpower is. And then you can be like, Oh, okay, this sounds great. I would love to work with Jim. I would love to work with Steve or Dion or somebody. You'll get a full understanding of it how that works. So go to 10loansamonth.com. On the next show, I'm going to talk about three pieces of tech that I absolutely love will help you with your business. And hopefully you'll be able to do so thanks again, guys for checking this out. I really appreciate you. We will be talking soon. This is an I love mortgage brokering production.